You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I don't think Michael's ever done drugs. It's Mike Shope. I don't know if anyone's ever offered him any. Let's go over some of the symptoms of marijuana use, shall we? You tell me who this sounds like. It's the Bulldog. Slow moving. Inattentive. Dull. Constantly snacking. Shows a lack of motivation. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog on WGR Sports Radio 550. Hey, I'm just saying, I feel kind of seen with that. I, I just I feel a little uh, a little persecuted. Hey, welcome back. Glad to have you with us here on a Wednesday. I am the Bulldog. Mike Shope is out sick again today, hoping he's feeling better and back with us ASAP. Uh, may, maybe tomorrow. We'll see uh, how that all shakes out for him. Big week here, of course. Bills and Steelers on Sunday at 1 p.m. Joining us right now on the Wester Hotline is one of our favorites, Matt Perino from Syracuse.com on the Bills Beat. You hear him on the Shout Podcast, as well as these live shows that seem like big hits at these Wingnuts locations. Oh, man. Big fan. Hey, Matt. What's up, man? How are you? I'm pretty good, man. How are you? I am great. How's the How's the week treating you? The week is treating me great. We're getting geared up. Uh, you mentioned wing nuts. We're going to be out there Saturday night. Uh, and the playoffs are here. We've got to kick it off in a big way, right? So we're going to host a live event. Uh, the new wing nuts in uh, my uh, neck of the woods over in Amherst, 1402 Millersport Highway. So uh, they've been a party. I mean, we, we had the first one there a couple weeks ago. And i got to be honest with you, I was, I was a bit overwhelmed with how many people came out. We're, we're going to try to crush it again here. Good for you, man. Days. That's awesome to hear. I'm really glad um, for that and, and for them too. The food's excellent and they're great people. So I'm I'm very excited how that's taken off for them. So, I man, where do you want to start here? Um, weather? How about weather? Let's start with we feel like we've we've left off at the weather last few callers. So I I don't know, man. Like I'm a little haunted by last year's Bengal game, uh, the New England wind game. I, how much in in your head, if at all, is the weather as you approach getting ready for this game, Matt? I mean, it's always going to be a factor, right? Uh, especially if you look at some of the disappointing performances for this team over the last couple of years. Weather has been involved. I mean, to to just dis um, associate yourself with that win game when Mac Jones somehow found a way to win. Uh, in that game, it's it's haunting for Bills fans, and I and I get that part of it. But I also think that this version of the of the team, you know, obviously Josh Allen being the most important part of that version, learning how to play in the elements, it's a huge piece to all of this. And I, I think the the adjustment that he made in the wind in that next game they played, I think it was the Patriots on a night game uh, where it was super cold and the wind was was blowing. He ended up having like. Some crazy stat line. I gotta, I gotta look that up. Probably should have known that, well, that already. That, that the playoff game was cold. I don't remember if it was really windy. If if that's the game you're thinking of, um, it, it was under the radar windy though. Like uh-huh. it, the, the ball, the, the goalposts were moving, and I think we talked about it after the game. 
with Josh about how he was able to cut through the wind and throw that way. So there's been games over the course of his career where, you know, you figure like you drafted him to be able to play in that, in those conditions. So I guess, I guess I just always go into these games, like maybe not paying as much attention to that as maybe I should. And also the other part of this is like you get into these games and I get it. Like you, you have to, from a team perspective, they have to respect every opponent. The Pittsburgh Steelers won 10 games, but this is a team that, it's not very good. I mean, if you, if you can't beat the Steelers at home, Mason Rudolph off of the couch, basically, uh, he's played really well. But they put the ball on the ground in, albeit very rainy conditions last week, six times. And they had two fumbles uh, that, that they lost. So this is a team that if you could create turnovers with just defenses made a tay on, I, I just don't see whether being – a factor enough in this game that the Bills are going to lose it. I, I love – sometimes I just love working here, and I love social media. Like, I'm t- we're talking about this, and I'm just peeking in at my Twitter as we're chatting here, and there's an account that checked in with Jeremy earlier today that's retweeting to me now that the Bills-Steelers game last year had wind gusts over 30 miles an hour at times in it and was pretty windy consistent. Now it was like in the mid fifties temperature wise. So I don't know, but as far as the wind goes, it was pretty windy there. And I think if I remember correctly, there were two Josh Allen to Gabe Davis bombs in that game. So, uh, you know, whatever, maybe, maybe this will be big hands, big arm tools. Josh Allen, uh, comes to the party. Uh, cause I just feel like the Steelers are probably loving this forecast. They definitely are, but I also think, like, just having you go through that there and just thinking about it, like, this is a Bills team that hasn't really been hitting down the field. They've had to, what's Josh and Joe Brady been saying, they have to be comfortable not getting bored in games and working that underneath and and really becoming expert in the short and intermediate areas of the field. You know, maybe if if, if the elements come into play and, and, and the Steelers' defense think they have to play closer to the line, um, or can play closer to the line, that might open up the deep part of the field. Obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick could be ended up, end up playing this weekend, but if he doesn't, you know, that's another big problem. That's secondary for the Pittsburgh Steelers. There is a lot of question marks. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be, you know, it's always a, a ride with the weather. I, I get that part of it. But I, I think some of the, the matchups, some of the things that um, are going to play out are going to be more fun to look at. Matt Perino from Syracuse.com and co-host of the Shout Podcast on the Western Hotline here on WGR. I am the Bulldog. Mike Shope is off today. So I know we've talked about this over the course of almost a full calendar year since the Bills playoff loss to the Bengals last January, Matt. Like, I felt like they were emotionally just tapped out by the time they got to well, frankly, I thought they were on, on the ropes before what happened to DeMar Hamlin happened. And then, of course, that piled on top and like, oh, my gosh, uh, it, just devastating. And so that's last year. This year, I mean, obviously, they've been kind of like in survival mode here. They weren't even assured of a spot going into last weekend uh, until Jacksonville lost. Um, so they've been kind of in playoff mode and they've won five in a row. I'm wondering, like, what kind of sense you're getting from them about their I don't know, just how, how, how quote-unquote, right they are going into this. Like, do you feel like they're, they're peaking here, or could they be uh, on the verge of running out of gas because they've kind of been in playoff mode for a month and a half? I don't think they've peaked yet. Uh, we haven't seen that signature performance yet. Maybe, I mean, you could probably count the Dallas Cowboys game as that, but I'd, 
I'm hesitant to do that because it's not really who they are. Like, they're not going to run it down your throat, have that much success. That was just a team that just couldn't stop the run, and Joe Brady was smart enough to not do something else in that game, and they just kept hitting him with it over and over again. We haven't seen this offense really click, and we've almost been close to it the last couple of weeks. I mean, the Stefan Diggs narrative over the last three weeks has been so interesting, and he hasn't been talking to the media, and uh, he's on the schedule to talk tomorrow, and I think we'll maybe learn something about it and, mm-hmm. and get a chance to talk to him a little bit more about what has gone into what's been kind of two months of, of struggle a little bit. But the narrative would have flipped dramatically any of the last two weeks if they hit on that deep ball, Josh Allen and Diggs. I mean, he ends up with 180 and a touchdown last week if they hit that. I think it was, what, 87 yards? And it's just that, to me, is going to be the game that unlocks it all uh, for them. And they haven't hit it yet. And I think when you go back over the years and you listen to Trey White and Sean McDermott and Micah Hyde and Josh Allen and Diggs talk about playing your best football at the end of the season, to me that's part of it is is hitting your stride and really leaning into your identity at the right time. And the fact that they haven't done it yet, really completely in the passing game, I think it has to be exciting. I mean, they have, they're healthy on their offensive line. I mean, you got to get Deion Dawkins' uh, left digit there all, all worked out this week. Uh, but he was limited in practice today, so I think that's a good sign. But they have continuity on that side of the ball. And I also think, in a weird way, I don't think they're better without Gabe Davis. So I, I, I want to make sure I make that clear. But when he went out, I almost felt like people fell into more natural roles on the offense. I mean, I felt like Khalil Shakir took a step up in how much they used him. I think that Dalton Kincaid now becomes the bona fide number two weapon and the number two targeted player. And then Diggs kind of can kind of fall in as the top guy. And then you work off of all of the other supplement players. I mean, Dawson Knox is kind of in that role now because of Kincaid and then Trent Sherfield and even Hardy, who I, I really like what Brady said the other day about, yeah, that, the punt return was big, but don't forget that third down uh, crossing pattern where, you know, he got a first down a couple of weeks ago that really helped them to secure a game. I think there's a, a, a bigger role for him as well. So if Davis can't go this week, I'd be interested to see what that looks like, but I still think they haven't hit on their true identity mm-hmm. yet, and that's exciting, I think, if you're a Bills fan. Yeah, like I know about ifs and buts and wouldas and shouldas and all that stuff, um, but really, even without the big plated digs, that would have unlocked and maybe put an end or an exclamation point to all the hand-wringing about Diggs and where he is in this offense and, and can Joe Brady get him off like we're used to seeing him get off. The rest of the passing game in general, I mean, it was the, it was the red zone turnovers. I think if, if, if Cook doesn't drop a ball and if they hit Diggs on this one you're talking about or, or any, any one of those plays changes, you're talking about a game where we, we might be thinking, oh, my God, the Bills are a house fire going into the playoffs. Like, they are roaring here um, because the passing game was productive. It just really wasn't – I mean, Diggs had his best day in a while. But like you said, it was Shakir and it was Kincaid, and they got these these contributions from, you know, other guys. And, you know, Allen threw for 359. Like, that's <laughs> – I mean, that, that's a day. Allen's never going to use the excuse. He's never going to lead you too far down the rabbit hole into what really is going on with him. But he leaves breadcrumbs. And the breadcrumbs to me over the last couple of days is how much he's leaned into in seven days, talking about how poorly he threw the ball against the Patriots and then how well he kind of mechanically, as Joe Brady put it, you know, found it uh, uh, last week against the Dolphins. And if he's now getting into his own 
little zone here from a mechanical perspective. And he said today that they actually like, you know, scaled it back a little bit last week in practice where he was working a little bit more on um, just technique, fundamentals, like individual work, you know, in, early in practice. Some of the stuff that you maybe skip over late in the season because, you you know, it's just a, it's part of a rhythm that you've already kind of moved past. And, and you saw that. I mean, I thought he was as accurate as he's been outside of maybe missing on that deep ball, but also – there's a lot that goes into hitting on the deep ball. I mean, when a receiver breaks away from a, a, a cornerback and, you know, where the quarterback sees them when they're breaking away, all those kind of little things, I thought overall that was about as accurate as he's been in maybe over a month. And that's exciting, too, because they're going to need him, especially this week. You mentioned the weather at the top. Like, you, you really have to be, you know, clicking on all cylinders mechanically in those elements so that you're not turning over the ball, especially in the red zone, which was so uncharacteristic. And I was hard on Josh at halftime, and a lot of people took issue with that, and that's fine. Uh, my job is to be critical. It's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows. And to me in year six, situationally, Josh Allen has to know that you're that close to the goal line. And he said it himself, so he does know. You can't turn it over there. You need those three points. You need to finish drives with points every single time on the road, playing for the division. And so just him mechanically being – better going into this kind of playoff run and as him and dig said after the game like four more games like you want him at his best and, and, and that's a good sign matt perino's on the bills beat for syracuse.com you also can hear him on the shout podcast he's on the western hotline with me here on wgr for a few more minutes you already mentioned davis and, and whether he'll be there or not like we'll see if he doesn't go is Sherfield kind of a plug and play for his spot uh you think is that is that where where we end up 100 percent. and I, I i kind of talked about it earlier in the season um in passing like really quickly on one of my, my one of my episodes of my show is that like because a lot of fans are like okay what's going on we heard all of this great stuff about Sherfield during training camp josh allen saying how he picked up the offense and he knew all the positions now we're getting into the season and the contribution's just not there and i and i kind of brought it up it's like I don't necessarily know if Sherfield was brought in to be a co-star as much as he was like the Taylor Rapp uh, signing. He's there in case something happens to one of the top players. Gabe Davis played through that high ankle injury last season and it hampered his game. And I think if they had another option, a Trent Sherfield in the wings, they'd been more comfortable kind of pivoting to that in their offense. So what I felt like we saw, number one, was a – season-high snap count for Trent Sherfield. He, like, went right into that role. They've been leaning into that, um, you know, uh, 12 personnel look, sometimes with David Edwards, with him out there with Gabe Davis um, already. So they've kind of been, like, ramping him up. And I felt like it fit better, and you saw the production kind of pop a little bit more with Davis out of the lineup. And I, I feel like he, he fits into that three, four, five role, role, whatever you need him to be. So I think – it's a great time. I'm still a little bit confused on the Deontay Hardy usage in the offense because they've they seemingly really lost that jet sweep guy. They've been more creative with Stefan Diggs this season and how they use him. Some of the pre-stat motion that they use, lining him up in the backfield, which, by the way, I really like that um, configuration. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually surprised they haven't thrown to him out of that look yet. Because and maybe they're saving it. I, I think that Joe Brady might have a few tricks up his sleeve. I would not be surprised. Maybe not even this week in maybe a weather game against a physical team. You still see kind of the style that you've seen. But when you got to throw a curveball at the Chiefs or at the Ravens, they've been kind of planting seeds, I think, 
um, as Joe Brady has gotten more comfortable. And that digs in the backfield look. I, I really like mm. I'm a big fan of that, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i not necessarily crazy about him running the ball out of the backfield, but, right. <laughs> I, you know, especially, I'll tell you, like, thinking about how they've used Diggs, circling back to that, you just, like, tripped a wire for me. Like, you know, a lot a lot of the, the fans sleuthing around on social media were pointing to the injury report before the Denver game in Week 10 and how Diggs showed up. Uh, in, in you know midweek uh, with with a limited with a back and then had no game designation and played and saying like well maybe they're nursing something that's not limiting him in practice or whatever the way they're using him doesn't tell me like you would not want to be throwing bubble screens to a guy who was nursing an injury I don't think <laughs> like a receiver yeah no I think that's a good point and I I think the point that they've made multiple times Sean I think Josh. Nobody's healthy this time of year. And there's been a couple times this season where I feel like Diggs has gotten like suplexed and, you know, driven. And I'm sure that's something that lingers for a little while. But, you know, there's nothing out of the ordinary during the practice week. I mean, we get a chance to see them out on the practice field twice a week. They've been doing these Wednesday walkthroughs, which are close to the media. Uh, But when we do see him out there, I mean, the way he's moving, the way he's practicing, it it looks similar. I I, I just think that there's also like, you know, a lesson learned. He's, on the wrong side of 30, I don't think he's lost any part of his game. But I do think that they know that in the playoffs over the last couple of years, they've been run down to your earlier point. I mean, everything they went through emotionally last year. And I, what I see as a team now that, like, we throw around the term battle-tested so much, right? And it's more than just playing good teams. That's super important. The fact that they're 5-1 and one against playoff teams, huge. Like, I, I don't think you could say enough about that. But you also have to go through a lot of battles, right? Like, you have to be on the losing side of battles. Like, I, I was a huge NBA fan back in the early 2000s. We might have even talked about this at one time. I was a huge Dallas Mavericks fan when they had Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki. And every year, they lose to the Lakers, year in and year out. And it was years till, till Nowitzki finally won a championship. And I think it was even after uh, Nash had left. And you have to go through those moments so you know how to handle it in the moments when things don't go right. There's going to be times in this playoffs where they don't go right. And they can lean on the fact, all the stuff over the past few years, but down the stretch, like being where they're at, and you could take that Philly game and you can even lump it in because I thought they did everything in that game to win it outside of that guy hitting a 59-yard field goal, Jake Elliott, which I think was impressive. I know. Um, I was, I, test it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that – I loved them that day. I mean, I just going into the game, I loved them. And I'm just, it's still so frustrating that they, they could not get that game home. But before you go, you mentioned you used the phrasing handling. Are the Bills, it might be an obvious yes. Uh, in your opinion, if the weather is problematic for the passing game and this turns into sort of a, a slugfest kind of game, which I think the Steelers would definitely sign up for, uh, is your sense that the Bills are more well equipped? maybe as well-equipped as they've been in this stretch since 20 to play that kind of game? Definitely. And I, I think they have some some different answers in their run game um, with how they operate. I think having James Cook and being able to get on the outside is helpful too. You know, Ty Johnson's in the concussion protocol, and this feels like a game. Like, see, when Ty Johnson's healthy, to me, he's the number two running back right now on this team. I think you should get him on the field. I think you should get the ball – in his hands even a little bit more. He's been really uh, adding some juice when he's got the ball in his hands. He, he runs downhill. He can run in between the tackles and outside. But if he's not available, to me now having Latavius Murray, this feels like a Latavius Murray-style game. Physical, 
a guy that can kind of get downhill in between the tackles. Uh, and then obviously you have Leonard Fournette, who I've pushed back a little bit. I don't know if I've been as impressed with him. But again, he just hasn't had a lot of live game. When you're off the couch and you don't play football for a couple months, it's probably going to look like this. The guy has played his most important football and his best football in the playoffs. So I think that's what you're banking on. This feels like a game where if they don't have Ty Johnson, leaning on Latavius Murray and Leonard Floyd or Fournette if they have to is, is not a bad thing. Yeah, playoff Lenny. I mean, why, why, why have a guy with that nickname on your team if you're not going to use him in the playoffs, I suppose? I mean, he's got he's to be able to do the job, of course. Matt, thank you so much for this. Appreciate the time. Big fan of the work. The, all the best with the event on, uh, you said Saturday, at Wingnuts on Millersport? Yep, Saturday night. All right, good deal, man. Great talking to you, and uh, we'll catch up again soon, I'm sure. Sounds good, brother. Take care. That is Matt Perino, Syracuse.com, and the Shout Podcast, and all of it. Going to get right back into your calls, Bills, Steelers, Sunday, anything Matt and I have talked about, anything Sal was with it. We had Chris Mack from Pittsburgh. A lot of good conversation on the Steelers and this matchup. We can revisit my AFC rivals list for the Bills. Want to squeeze in some news that broke during our conversation with Matt Perino. Thank you, Zach, for sending me a Twitter message with this because you know I'm in here multitasking. I might have missed it. Nick Saban is retiring. 72-year-old Alabama coach has won six national titles with Alabama, also won uh, a seventh, his first, I think, at LSU, right? Um, so, Wow. I mean, that's a giant in the profession. We have Pete Carroll today, I don't know, retiring, being pushed out, being pushed aside. They're all about the same Consultant, I don't know. Waiting on Belichick. We're just waiting on Belichick. I mean, these, these legendary coaches all riding off in the sunset together. But Nick Saban, again, the news just breaking in the last 15 minutes or so, uh, retiring from Alabama at the age of 72. 803-0550 is the number. Again, everything I just said. You want to get in on it? I don't know if you got an opinion on Nick Saban. I mean, feel free. That's the latest news. But uh, Bills and Steelers, the weather, Steelers fans, Bills rivals in the conference. Had a lot of different things we've been talking about today. A lot of balls in the air for you to take a swing at. Uh, so have at it. 803-0550 is the number. I am the Bulldog. Mike Shope is away today along with Zach Jones. Thanks for listening to WGR. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I'm so grateful to the coaches that have been with us for so many years. Also, 
all of the coaches that have been here for the years before that put up with my stuff found way you know to bring it to life daily and uh, I have great gratitude for that there's an emotional Pete Carroll talking with the media following an announcement that he is out as Seattle Seahawks coach. Uh, some some reporting that indicates he'll be kept on in some advisory uh, type of role with the Seahawks, but 14 years in a Super Bowl title, a couple of yards from a second one. Uh, but Pete Carroll, big, yeah, big couple of days. I mean, no, you know, nothing against Ron Rivera and Arthur Smith, who, uh, you know, were the first guys, at least not in season, uh, once the season ended, uh, to lose their jobs in Washington and Atlanta, respectively. But Mike Vrabel yesterday in Tennessee, which was not completely unforeseen, but that's a big name and maybe a very excellent, really excellent coach. Um, and we'll see. I, I feel like if if things unfold in New England the way it's been, you know, reported for weeks on, then they're going to have a vacancy and maybe Vrabel is just ready to slot right in there uh, with the Patriots. But um, you got Vrabel, Pete Carroll today, Vrabel was yesterday, Pete Carroll today, and Nick Saban now retiring uh, at Alabama. Hats off to, like, the big, like the monster college coach, like the big name rock star, superstar college coach, um, it is a struggle for me. I, I, I watch college football now and I find myself more and more. It's like, Oh, Brian Kelly's at LSU pretending to be from the South. Now, man, I hope Arkansas destroys them. Like that's where I'm at. And like Saban might be, I mean, he's, I mean, he's a face on Mount Rushmore of college coaching, at least in this era, maybe all time. I mean, there I know there's, there's you know, Bo Schembechler and your uh, uh, Bear Bryant at Alabama as well. Uh, there, you know, there, there's contenders. Anyway, Saban is a giant. Seven national titles. Um, I never would have considered myself a fan just because you get to that level of college coaching. I'm just, you need a mansion to hide all the stuff that you've done. I, I I think like that's that I don't know that. Of course, I'm just skeptical. The whole thing is just so, so dirty. I, I just, I don't know. Right. So that, that freaks me out with those big name college coaches. But I, 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 despite all that want to say good for Nick Saban. I mean, how much is enough? Right. I mean, what's he made? $500 million coaching, maybe, uh, you know, commercials, right? The thing with the duck and Dion, like whatever. He's he's done great, Saban. And he's 72. Um, man, buy a boat. <laughs> just like relax and enjoy, you know, like dude, the, the guys that need to keep going kind of freak me out. You know, like I know there was a time when, like we've talked about this many times, uh, Jimmy Johnson. At, at, at the peak, that's it, I'm done. And, you know, he's on the pregame show on Fox and has been for many years. And you think, like, man, there must there, you could have done a lot more. Yeah, I got a boat. That's going to be Sean McVay in, like, two years. I, right. I, I like the fish. Whatever. Jimmy Johnson. And 
Bill Cowers sitting in a studio hitting buzzers with Boomer Esiason and Nate Burleson. Like, what are you doing with your life? But the grind, man, like. Especially in college sports. Right. It's, it's, it's I, 365. Like I, in the NFL, yeah. you have the offseason. Yeah. You're constantly recruiting in college. I, I, commend, I, co- I commend somebody that like stood to make another, I don't know, $80 million this year coaching football and endorsements and whatever, uh, saying, yeah, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> I'm all set. Uh, I'm going to just take my trophies and my giant bags of cash and uh, I'll see you on the beach. Uh, I, I respect that. <laughs> so good, so good for Nick Saban. It's the best thing I could ever find my find my way to saying about um, about Nick Saban. All right, eight zero three zero five fifty is the number. Luke is first up this segment. Hi, Luke. Thank you for calling. You are on the air here on WGR. Hey, Chris. Thank you so much. Love the show. Love you and Mike. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. So I, I pulled up the podcast like I do, you know, coming home, and I heard you on the first segment about the rivals. And it just gave me a chuckle because I'm a drought kid, right? So <laughs> the biggest the biggest thing with the Bills was the Bills. You know, I almost would put the Bills on my rival list, you know. <laughs> but uh, the team that I kind of grew up hating were, like, the Jets and then, like, the Titans and the Texans because the Titans and Texans and Jets, they all were just as bad as us. But either they didn't have Tom Brady or the big market, so they just got all this media coverage and Sunday night football and all this stuff. Like, Miami's just not there for me. Like, the fans don't really care, and it's just like, you Mm -hmm. know, they're just a teal team, you know. Yeah, I hear you. The the Jets. It's interesting. I, I I got a few people pushing back on the Jets. Sal Capaccio for for one. Like, how do you not start with your division rivals? I'm like, yeah. because the Jets the the Jets never. I don't know if the Jets have hardly ever annoyed me, but there is a pocket in the drought that and and our 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 current boss likes to tell a story about when he first got here. Like he he's I think already hired, but he's not here yet. We haven't met him, and his one of his first exposures to us. This show was post game for a Bills Jets game here in somewhere in there when Rex is the Jets coach. And it's one of this string. Remember these Jets games mid drought where they would just run for like 275 yards on the Bills? They just came in. Yeah. yeah. It was one of those. And I was screaming about the Jets. And like our, our, my, you know, my soon to be boss is like, this is who I got to work with. Um, uh, He's more complimentary than that. But that, that, there's a pocket in there where the Jets were really annoying. And Rex was maybe a central figure in it. Uh, and they were a bully, man. They they would just smack the bills around. So I I, I hear you on the Jets. I guess a little bit. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, opening yeah, my yeah. mind at least a little to the Jets. Um, but yeah, for me, like you know, we're all going to be different. I, I was I was meeting. I'm glad you called, Luke. Thank you. You got anything else, or are we good? No, man. Have a great day. All right, peace. Um, I I was meaning to ask Zach about this because you're I don't know you're a little younger than me. Uh, Only a little bit. Zach. It's not noticeable. Yeah, no, barely. I mean, we we look, you know, we look like we could be brothers. Identical. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you're 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 you know maybe a similar age to the caller, or maybe even younger. And so, I'm sort of dinging the Patriots on mm-hmm. the list of rivals. They're fifth. I mean, it's not that like they don't yeah. exist, but still, they're outranked to me by these other teams because, like, I know how much we hate the Patriots and we hated losing to them. It never felt like a rivalry to me. It just felt like I was just getting abused. That's the best way to put it. Like I like I also agree with the caller. 
I would be somebody that would put the Bills on my rivals list. Like, they also <laughs> caused me problems of just, like, you know, in the year where Cam Newton is amazing in college football, it's the year you're finally the worst, but you're not the worst. <laughs> and so we miss out there, and it's just like they always got in their own way. And so for me with the Patriots, I I kind of just put them in the Boston sports bubble of just I can't stand you all, mm, all of right. those teams, the Bruins, yep. the Celtics, all of it. And so, like, for me even now, like, it, we're a few years past, like, the Brady-Belichick era. Like, Belichick's now more of a meme than anything. They're, like, fifth or sixth for me. I don't fear them really anymore. The demon's been, like, slayed. Belichick likely is going to be gone now. Brady right. has retired. Like, I'm good. Because ultimately, if the Bills, or if Brady wasn't there, the Bills were still the Bills. They still didn't have a quarterback. Their coaching hires were still laughable. They still couldn't draft. Like, nothing really changes all that much. Right, that's that's almost entirely how I feel. Like, what did they stop me from doing? Exactly. That I wasn't stopping myself from yeah. doing. I, I, I can't even say I stopped the Patriots from doing anything. Like, the one Ryan Fitzpatrick game that, like, you know, they win, like, what, 34-31? Amazing. It, great, 2011. And the Patriots still, like, won, like, 14 games. So, yeah. like, who cares? Right. Thank you. All right, Keith, uh, Keith is next up. Hi, Keith. Thanks for calling. You're on WGR. Oh, hey, Bulldog, it's Brian from Buffalo. How you doing? Oh, sorry about that, Brian. That's a, Zach, Zach is having a tough day in there. All right. Hi, Brian. Sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, the Jets, we forgot about the late 90s there when Keish, I think Keyshawn was there when they went to two straight AFC championships. The Bills were pretty good in there. They were really annoying back then when Tuna was coaching them. That, when who was calling you? List, are you calling? Is, Pers- who who was? Oh, Parcells. Okay. Yeah. 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 Wayne Corbett. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, that fan there, what is his name? Fireman Al. I just want to punch that guy right in the face, but uh, hey, yeah. God bless him. He's stuck with the team forever. Fireman um, Ed. Yeah. Yeah. He sucks. He sucks. Fireman Ed sucks. He sucks. All right. I hate him more than I hate the Jets. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Too. If it's okay to say that about a fireman, I, I don't want. I don't want to be. I don't want to get the fireman mad. I, I, mean, I really mean that. No. But I just. I cannot stand no. that guy. Our Buffalo fireman would take him in a day, anyways. Buffalo tough. Hey, uh, one thing that got lost was the the realignment. Could you imagine if Indian if we had Brady and Manning in our division? How bad life <laughs> would have sucked here. Uh, I mean, that would have been like Armageddon around here. To be like, no. Um, and I, I kind of wish football would do geographical realignment so we could get in with, like, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Baltimore or Cincinnati and have, like, regional rivalries with these teams. It would be awesome. Yeah. But, you know, like teams like Houston and, you know, kind of the Chargers, are, they really don't do anything for me. And same thing with Cleveland. You know, I grew up watching the Ronnie Harmon game, but, you know these teams do nothing. The rest of the teams, I just want to see them burn in the in the standings and go zero and sixteen. It brings me nothing but joy when when they all lose. It just makes me really happy. And I have a lot of Miami fans that are uh, friends on Facebook. This guy Joel out in Mount Morris, he's the biggest troll I've ever met. And I don't. I've now changed my profile picture on Facebook to McDaniel's of that open mouth. And, man, it's going to be meme of the year. It's going to be like the, the cat and the Karen picture from 2019, some of the things floating around with McDaniel. <laughs> Sounds good. Brian, thank you very much. Sorry about mixing up the names. Uh, appreciate the call. Um, what did I say? I saw something from McDaniel today. Should I, should I not mention things that I like that he does? 
anymore? Should I make a habit of, of should, should I stop doing, or stop making a habit of pointing out like, I kind of like them? I want to dislike them. I watched the Hard Knocks episode today because I have not watched a single yep. episode of, of there in season one. And like he did it, it was, it was a big part of him. Like he'd lost jobs in the NFL because he was kind of like, as you put, like a party animal. Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. was a young guy in the NFL and like him talking about his journey. And I'm like, oh man, I like you. I know. Like, why are you doing this to me, man? What I saw today, I did not see this, but but I've read about it. Uh, I saw he's he, he, you know obviously the weather in Kansas City Saturday night is a it's a big subject. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be like really really nasty out, like super cold, wind chills below zero, like just wicked wicked weather uh, that they got to go deal with, and. In the course of talking about trying to prepare for that, he, he said something to the effect of, I don't have the exact quote, but the spirit of the thing was like, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've got air conditioning in the practice facility, but it, I, the coolest I can get it is like 50. And that seems insulting to the weather. I, I just, I don't like, why even bother? And uh, I, that made me laugh. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's rocking a, I, I hope, wish it were colder t-shirt uh, this week leading up to these... Uh, frigid conditions they're going to be playing in in Kansas City Saturday night but I I I like that like why bother trying to make it cold I can't I can't simulate that so why what's the point not going to be any picnic in Buffalo it seems for uh the Bills game on Sunday afternoon against the Steelers there's the the, the real chance there's going to be snow in the region we just don't know if it's going to end up around Orchard Park I think the forecast can't account for exactly how the wind is going to be blowing yet. But the expectation is winds in the 25 to 35 mile an hour range. Um, that's going to bring wind chills down very low. They're going to be very, it's, the temperature's going to be cold. It's going to be windy and there could be snow. So that's what you're looking at Sunday afternoon for Bills and Steelers. We've got to take a timeout. 803-0550 is the number. Uh, we're about 15 minutes away from Paul Hamilton coming in and ruining everything by talking about the Sabres. So stay tuned for that. I am the Bulldog. I'm obviously kidding. Mike Shope is away. I am the Bulldog along with Zach Jones. Thanks for listening to WGR. Lovely to have you with us here on this Wednesday afternoon, now turning evening. I am the Bulldog. Mike Shope is out sick again today. We've got Paul Hamilton coming your way at the top of the hour. And like the moron that I am, I can't tell time. So we really only have time for me to say these things. And then we have to take another break for the top of the hour update. Paul Hamilton is straight ahead with uh, the latest on the Sabres. We've got a Jeff Skinner injury uh, to worry about. Uh, now, on top of everything else that's been going on, really just mostly not being able to string together wins. Uh, an opportunity to have their first three-game win streak of the season went by the boards last night with a 5-2 loss <clears throat> at home to Seattle. So we'll get the lowdown on all that from Paul right after this. Mike is out today. I'm the Bulldog along with Zach Jones. Thanks for listening to WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 